the CPHI podcast series. Welcome to the first podcast in 2023 of the CPHI podcast series. This year is set to show big developments in the pharma industry, and we'll be here to discuss them all with the people at the heart of the work. I'm Lucy Chard, Digital Editor for CPHI Online, and today we will be talking about sustainability in the pharmaceutical packaging industry, how it can be more ingrained and the impact it will have with an expert from a leading European packaging company, Adelph. Sustainability in pharma is now gaining the recognition it deserves, quickly becoming one of the biggest priorities for pharma companies across the spectrum. Upgrading this packaging in pharma comes in all shapes and sizes. Whether we're talking about replacing single-use plastics in manufacturing or waste management at the end of the commercial chain. Adelph is a state-approved partner helping companies with recycling of their materials for 25 years. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Felicie Pachot, who is the Health Market Manager at Adelph, and whose role it is to assist key accounts in the health and pharmaceutical sector to reduce the environmental impact of their packaging and meet their regulatory obligations related to Extended Producer Responsibility, or EPR. Please, could you give a short introduction to yourself, including your title and role at Adelphi and where your particular interests lie? Hello, and thank you for inviting me in this podcast. So I'm Felicie Pechot, and I'm Health Market Manager at Adelph. Who is Adelph? Uh, it's a subsidiary of the CTO Group. So they manage regulatory obligations regarding the packaging extended producer responsibility scheme. At Adelph, we mainly support customers in wine and spirits and pharmaceutical sectors. So you might know um, we have some uh, counterparts in Europe, uh, such as DSD in Germany or Ecoembus in Spain. And my role at Adelph is to assist key accounts in the health and pharmaceutical sector to reduce their environmental impact of the packaging and meet their regulatory obligation related to the extended producer responsibility, usually called EPR. So what would you say is the importance of sustainable packaging in today's pharma climate? First, sustainable packaging. Well, we could define it as a packaging with the minimal environmental impact while maintaining the right characteristic to fulfill basic function and avoid product waste. Until now, sustainability was not a very strong aspect in pharmaceutical packaging development. As uh, you know, it must comply with many requirements, especially in the pharmaceutical industry, which requires marketing authorization. But for a few years, it tends to be a growing tendency, and we see a real interest of our clients in Adelph in reducing their packaging footprint. And as a matter of fact, more and more eco-design projects are led each year by uh, Adelph. For example, in 2022, we accompanied four companies in the pharma sector with uh, an expert. So he did a visit of the industrial lines, and then he sent detailed recommendations on reduction and simplification of blisters, tubes, cardboard, boxes, 
So we then organized a restitution to share all those avenues of eco-design actions to our clients. That's really interesting that you could expand your ideas and show them to your clients to give them those opportunities that when they're showing these, this interest. Mm-hmm. That's really brilliant. So please, could you describe the different areas where packaging sustainability can be improved? To eco-design a packaging, like to packaging sustainability can be improved. Well, we can work on four main areas, which are reduction, recyclability, material sourcing, and waste practices. First, reduction. Well, to reduce is to lighten your packaging, to reduce the number of elements in the packaging. And working on reduction impacts all of the steps of the cycle life of your packaging. So there's less raw material, less waste, less weight, transport, and so on. Second one, recyclability. The purpose of recyclability is to give the packaging the possibility of being part of a recycling chain, of having a new life. So it concretely participates in the circular economy. So it consists in choosing materials compliant with the recycling process or avoiding disruptive elements such as borosilicate glass that we can find in uh, the pharmaceutical sector. Uh, This action, you can monitor it by calculating recyclability rate of the main elements of your packaging. And we created a tool called TREE, C-R-E-E, which is available to all our customers in their uh, client portal. The third main area is material sourcing. It involves integrating recycled material or working on responsible sourcing and purchasing policy. For example, you can include impact reduction criteria to your supplier specifications. Just make sure that the new material doesn't negatively affect the end of life of your packaging, such as disrupting the sorting and recycling process. And finally, all of these three improvements won't matter if the packaging can't reach the end recycling plant. So it's crucial to facilitate the waste sorting practices to raise customers and patient awareness on packaging sorting. The guiding patients toward the right sorting gesture is essential to ensure that the packaging is collected. Without collecting, there's no sorting, and without sorting, there's no recycling. So it, big, it really begins with, with uh, each of us. And in France, we developed a specific mark to inform patients and consumers that companies put on their packaging and guides the patient to use the right, the correct bin. That's really interesting because it not only shows that you're looking at how to make packaging more sustainable throughout the whole chain, but also you've got a real focus on educating your customers your consumers and your your clients and everyone who's involved in it as well, which is obviously, as you say, such a key aspect of making it more sustainable in the long run. Talking about that further, about how you work with different people, how can pharma companies like Adelph work with different stakeholders to further the recycling of packaging in France? And why is that so important? As producer responsibility organization, CTO and Adelph established a link between companies 
and the project's end of life. So we help our customers to get involved in the circular economy of their product with uh, eco-design tools. We help them to pull and optimize the processing costs associated with collecting and recycling. And we develop R&D and innovation programs to reduce the environmental impact of their packaging. We also are in touch with professional organization, which represents pharma companies' interests as they are aware of their needs, their obligation, and the professional organizations can negotiate with other stakeholders, including public authority. The third stakeholder is technical committees. Pharma companies can ask questions to technical committees. For example, there is the COTREP. It's for the recycling of plastic packaging. And what is important is that all the knowledge produced by this technical committee is publicly available. Our colleagues of the plastic team are currently working at uh, the EU level to, in order to simplify and standardize most of the guidelines regarding eco-design and end-of-life in Europe. Are you struggling to cut through the noise? The pharmaceutical industry can be a crowded market. Partner with CPHI Online, the largest pharma marketplace and community worldwide. Get direct access to 280,000 pharma buyers and gather qualified leads all year round to help build your pipeline and grow your revenue. With CPHI Online, you'll be able to stand out from the competition and reach a large global pharma audience. To learn more about promoting your company using only one platform, go to cphionline.com. So talking about standardising things across Europe, obviously that would be really helpful to a lot of companies. So further to that, how can your model, as you know, you're based in France, but how can your model be applied to other countries? Do you think it can be applied to other countries? And how do you think it can be used in situations where there are companies that cross-country relationships? Absolutely. The extended producer responsibility is a model that encourages and finances circular economy. That is to say, manufacturers and companies which put product on the market must finance and organize the management of waste generated by these end-of-life products. So at the end, EPR seeks to achieve a reduction in the environmental impact of products throughout this life cycle from production to of life. In France, since 1993, Adolf supports companies to comply with their household packaging EPR obligation. But this model expanded in all Europe thanks to the Waste Framework Directive of 2008. And now almost all European countries have an effective EPR system. It is also spreading across the world with mandatory or voluntary systems in Canada, Brazil, Australia, and so on. And the last one being the Philippines in 2022. In March 2022, the UN member states agreed on a mandate to negotiate a legally binding global instrument to end plastic pollution. And in this plastic treaty to be, 
EPR model is seen as an innovative tool to deal with the plastic crisis. So in this context, TTO is cooperating with stakeholders to share our 30 years of feedback on the EPR model. That's really interesting and that's fantastic that it's already we're already seeing that it's spreading across the world with these systems, especially in the Philippines, because I didn't know about that, but that's excellent because I know they have a real problem with plastic waste there with a real visible impact on the environment there. So that's really brilliant that they're implementing these systems. So how can these strategies help to curb the pharma industry's impact on climate change? We know that every industry must tackle the subject of climate change and do their fair share of the work. However, especially in the health sector, patient is and will always be the priority. We know that over the lifespan of a medicine, its packaging represents very little of its greenhouse gas emission. Indeed, producing the active ingredients is the largest greenhouse gas contributor. Packaging is then necessary in order not to waste any of it. Keeping this into mind, eco-design strategies to achieve sustainable packaging can reduce product waste and packaging waste. Moreover, to curb the pharma industry's impact on climate change, other aspects than carbon impact must be considered, such as their impact on biodiversity, the exploitation of non-renewable resources and water resources, Throughout the life cycle analysis, we know that it's necessary to evaluate all the impacts to, in order to set a roadmap to curb it. Yes, definitely. I think that's something that's coming more to the forefront in terms of uh, people recognizing that these things are very much interlinked and that although human health is the main goal of pharma industry, this comes hand in hand with climate health. That's really good that it's everybody's considering the whole cycle. So in the next five to 10 years, what changes do you hope to see across the pharmaceutical industry? I hope to see even more enthusiasm and more tightened cooperation between all actors of the pharmaceutical industry. And for example, the eco-design actions should be shared with other industries to build guidelines for everybody. Moreover, we would be really happy to see standardized and optimized packaging with reduced thickness, less material used. I also hope we can limit as much as possible single-use packaging with uh, new experiments such as reuse. We are aware that reuse is a big challenge to face, especially in the pharma sector. And we are very excited to see this year in France the beginning of uh, huge financing to all kinds of projects from scratch to almost completed projects that just need a little help to blossom. And finally, we also hope to contribute to innovation and help the health stakeholders to investigate new ideas, such as traceability innovation that might tackle counterfeit and improve the end of life of this packaging. We would also love to identify how we can progress without taking any risks for the patient, such as experiment on unique drug dose delivery system or uh, dematerialized instructions. 
So do you have any further comments from your work at Adele? In addition to my comments about cooperation in this sector, I can see some new obligations evolving into opportunities. In France, the anti-waste law for a circular economy, it draws a set of objectives, obligation and interdictions, so it's not fun. Starting from this year, producers subjected to the principle of extended producer responsibility are required to draw and implement a prevention and eco-design plan. The purpose of these plans is to reduce the use of non-renewable resources, to increase the use of recycled materials and to increase recyclability. It's actually a formalization of your company's strategy to reduce the environmental impacts of its packaging. And the law does not define the plan in detail, but it can be interpreted as a roadmap that identifies the packaging problems and the means implemented to solve them. So at the end, your plans will be based on the eco-design approach, reduce, reuse, recycle. To conclude, the way I see this implementation of the French law is it's a real opportunity to give a boost to the sector with concrete actions and guidelines for all the pharmaceutical industry. Thank you again to Felicity for joining us on today's podcast and for giving us a real insight into how we can model sustainability through eco-design of packaging and translate this across all aspects of the pharma field by improving education and regulations. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the evidence of this work become more prevalent over the coming years. For more content on sustainability in packaging and the pharma industry as a whole, please see our website CPHI online and subscribe to our newsletter for regular updates on this ever-changing field. Thank you all so much for listening and remember to follow the podcast so that you don't miss out on future episodes. Thank you for listening to the CPHI podcast series. For pharmaceutical news, webinars, events and more, visit cphionline.com. Thank you.